Welcome to the Relax and Go podcast, episode four. Be where you are. Welcome to the Relax and Go podcast. My name is TJ Woodbury. I'm the host of the Relax and Go podcast. Uh, this episode, we are going to be talking about the idea of being where you are, that you need to be mentally and physically in the same place if you expect your performance to be good or even above average. Being where you are is not a new idea. Coaches and teachers use this phrase in various forms, get your head in the game, focus on the test, don't worry about outside of the classroom, you know, these are all the same idea. These are all fruit from the same tree, as some would say, when it comes to being where you are. And it's a very Zen type idea, you know, for people that are looking for mental calmness to to be in the moment and not be focusing on the mistakes of the past or the potential problems in the future. So there's a lot of really good ideas that are tied up into the very general concept of be where you are. So let's dive a little deeper into this. What does, what does it really mean when somebody says be where you are or coach yells, get your head in the game? The reality is that our best performance comes from being focused and blocking out all the distractions. When we are focused and giving our attention to the task that's in front of us, we have the opportunity to to perform as well as we can. That's Some people even call this being in the zone. And if you've been an athlete for a while, I, I hope that you've had an opportunity to be in the zone. I hope you've had training sessions or reading of, of a particular book. If you've ever been locked into a Harry Potter book or some other of the uh, series that are out there that people love so much, and you've just blocked out the world. That's what we're talking about. You know, you were immersed in that book, or you were at practice, and you were immersed in the practice, and you weren't worried about the homework assignment or the project that was due or the game tomorrow. You were, you were in that drill. You were in that moment. You were in that book, and everything else was just melted away. And that's what we're talking about. And striving to get into that that cognitive focus level, to get into that that ability or to striving to get into that particular zone or that particular mindset is a very, very powerful tool that athletes can use. And if you can use that tool by practice, there, there's no magic pill here. There's no you know, magic to this concept. It takes practice. But if you can practice this skill consistently with effort and bring it into your testing, bring it into your games, bring it into your practice, you will be in a position to be successful. You know, I can never guarantee success. There are too many variables in terms of winning games and championships and and things like that. I, re, I remember when I was coaching cross country and people would say, you know, how's your season going to be? And I would say there's an element of luck involved. You know, you don't get to the state race, 
guaranteed that you're going to win. Even if you've been the most dominant team all season, you still have to run that race. And there's a host of uncontrollable variables that can go into winning championships. So I don't know if mastering this skill is going to win you a championship. All I do know is that if you can master this skill, if you can learn how to be where you are, you have a much greater likelihood of being successful compared to those who may even have more physical talent, who may have better memory or better uh, ball handling skills or insert whatever talent you think people may have that's better. But you will be in a position to be successful, however you want to measure it. It, it, it increases your chances. So that's what we're talking about today in terms of being where you are. When you are focused, there are a lot of things that, that come into play. There is the idea that you are not hindered by the past. When you are in the moment or in the zone or being where you are, you're not worried about mistakes from the past. You're not focused on the things that went wrong at practice that week. You're not focused on you lost the coin toss of the game or you just had a turnover or the other team scored an easy goal or or even, you know, in a testing scenario that you didn't know the the absolute answer to the first five questions on the test. You you're already past that. You you've made your best guess, you've, you know, used your multiple choice test strategies to eliminate some choices and you went from a 20 to 25% chance of guessing the right answer to a 50% chance of guessing the right answer. And those strategies can be helpful. But here you are, you're on number six. Number five is done. Being where you are says, I'm going to focus on number six. And when I'm done with six, I'm going to move on to seven. And you're going to be in the moment. Now, on the flip side of this, we got to be careful about looking into the future. I've seen so many kids in my classroom who are taking the test, and all of a sudden, they realize, oh my gosh, I, this could hurt my semester average, or this is going to affect my nine weeks grade, or what's going to happen to my A? They've, they've already started to wonder what if. So they're not in the moment. They're not taking question number six. They're already wondering about what's going to happen after number 55, and I hand this in. When he gets it graded and my parents see it posted, what, am I going to lose the car for the weekend? And all of a sudden, they're, they're gone as well. So this can happen to athletes, you know, in the middle of the game, and the score's not where you want it to be, and they start thinking about what, uh, what's going to happen on the, the forum boards, which are never a good idea for for athletes to go on. And I know a, a fair number of coaches who forbid their kids from uh, posting on those things because there's not a whole lot of good that comes from those uh, forum posts or the comment section of articles. There's just a lot of people out there who uh, hide behind screen names and talk tough with a keyboard. So, you know, there's, there's a, a lot of good reasons not to be posting on uh, comment boards. So, you know, coaches, you can tell your athletes what you feel about that, but that's uh, where I come down on the, on the matter. But you're worried about what somebody's going to be posting online on a game that isn't even over. You are not playing the game very well. You're distracted. You have been taken out of it. Maybe it's just because you're overtired. Maybe because you 
you had a rough week, maybe, you know, you didn't listen to the podcast on sleep and your mental toughness is uh, struggling because of you know, the uh, sleep debt that you're carrying. There's a host of reasons. Maybe the opponent did it to you on purpose. Maybe the opponent has tried to get you out of your game because they know if they play you fair, they can't win. So what do they do? They play dirty or they play in a way to disrupt you. Well, I work with my school's soccer team and we have a particular opponent that always plays physical. Rarely can they match my school, my, my, the, the soccer team coached by a, a wonderful coach, uh, who they can't match us talent for talent. Some years they can, most years they can't. Kid for kid, team for team. They're just a half a step down in terms of talent. So they play physical. I, I would never say dirty. You know, I've only seen, a, you know, uh, some of the games over the years, but it's a physical game. And it, it soccer can be, and you've, if you're a soccer player and you've seen these games, you know what it's like. It's not malicious. It's not dirty. It's, it's not even really personal. It's just that's how they're going to beat you. That's how they're going to give themselves an opportunity is by taking away what you want to do. Get you off of your game plan. Make you uncomfortable. Make you wonder what's going on. Make you think. And, and that's sometimes a, a, a bad thing to be doing when you're trying to perform at the highest level. We need all these performances and we need everything that you do to be second nature and to be so well practiced that it's, it's a response, not a think. And if I can make you think, maybe I'm going to win. If you're thinking about what I'm going to do, instead of doing what you want to do, then you're, you're, you're already kind of defeated. You're already off of your game plan, and, I, and now I'm playing it my way. And if I can play you my way, that gives me a chance to win. And it's not just team sports. You know, there are countless stories from professional runners. There's a story I was reading not too long ago where during a world championship marathon or a uh, Olympic marathon, I can't remember which one it was, uh, some ladies from a country purposely poured water on a competitor's shoe during the, the water station, the aid station, to try to make that competitor's shoe wet. And, you know, if, you, if you're a runner, you know wet shoes can sometimes lead to blisters. And if you are thinking about getting the blisters during mile 17 of the marathon, then, you know, those last nine miles are going to be brutal, you know, because even if the, the blisters aren't there, they could be forming and you're thinking about it. And now you're, you're not where you are. You're wondering about the potential of blisters in the future. And, and I've taken you out of your game plan. So being where you are is an incredibly important mental tool that you you need to be practicing and put that in your toolbox. You need to be doing everything you can, which means you have to do it at practice, to be where you are. If you're at practice, be at practice. Not worried about, you know, where's dinner, not worried about 
you know, what, when am I, how late am I going to be up doing my homework? These are all questions you'll answer after practice. So be where you are. And it, this, this skill will carry into other areas. So you've done practice, you go home, you eat dinner, you take a shower, you do the, you know, 10, 15 minutes of just downtime, and then it's time to start looking at your homework. And hopefully you have been keeping yourself organized and, and you have written down what you're supposed to do and you're not picking up your phone, texting people, going, hey, what was the math homework again? Hopefully you, you're striving to keep yourself organized. That can help you in the future as well. There'll be a podcast about getting and staying organized in the near future. But you're sitting down to do your homework. Same rule applies. Be where you are. So many kids sit down to study and they're all set and they're like, I'm going to do my homework. And they open the book and they have their notebook open and they, they may actually even know what they're doing. They may remember their lessons from uh, that day when the teacher was explaining it on the board. They may, they may actually remember it, which would be great. And the phone buzzes. And I don't know a whole lot of teenagers in all my years of teaching when, when, uh, when phones started to become popular. I don't know a whole lot of teenagers, though I, I do know a few, that could sit there and not answer the phone when it buzzes. It's almost a Pavlonian response. When that phone buzzes, they have to check it. I've seen it in my classroom. I'll be talking about something in front of the class. We'll be discussing something, whether it's in history or psychology. And I don't even hear the phone ring, but I see them shift in their seat. I see them reach in their pocket because they have to check it. They can't not check it. So when you're sitting at home doing homework and your phone buzzes, what? there's not even any academic pressure of the teacher looking at you not to check it. You're going to check it. And, you know, it's, it's rude not to respond when someone sends you a text message or shares some Instagram picture with you and you have to comment because if you don't comment, your friend lets you know that you didn't comment. So, you know, you'd be rude not to respond. Next thing you know, it's 20 minutes later and you haven't put down your phone. You're supposed to be doing your homework. You're supposed to be studying, keeping those grades up so you can stay on the team. Be where you are. If your coach says you can't bring the cell phone to practice, and, and even if your mind says, it, you don't even need the coach to tell you that. If you're like, you know, I can't bring my phone to practice, why is it okay to bring your phone to homework? Oh, well, coach, I, I, I need to look things up on my phone. Okay, I understand that, though I don't completely agree with it. You know, I, I understand that a lot of answers can be discovered. You know, I understand that you may be truly looking things up or maybe you're on Quizlet just trying to find the answer because you don't have the time, which would, again, not be good for your academic success. But if it doesn't cross your mind or you think it's a, a, a bad idea to bring your phone to practice, why is it a good idea to have it sit there in a non-academic use? You're not looking up, you're not doing schoolwork with it. Why is it okay to have it there when you're doing your homework? It's, it's built to distract you. Everything about the, the smartphones of today are built to put those in your hands and keep them in your hands. The industrial organizational psychology of the phones and the apps and the, you know, the addictive properties of all those apps are just 
from a psychology point of view, I, I, I watch an amazement about how good and, and, and how in tune these game developers are with basic human psychology. If you look at Fortnite, which, you know, is a very popular game, and if, you're, if you haven't heard that term, then uh, I would invite you to, to uh, spend a little time educating yourself on that if you're a coach or a parent, because it's, it's an incredibly addictive game, and they let the kids play for free, but you can buy upgrades, and you can play with your friends online, and, you know, it is so addictive. And if even if you've got a little game on your phone, a little app, I know there was a, a game that I had on my phone not too long ago, and it was about shooting various types of little bombs to destroy ice sculptures. And, you know, you play one round, and you, you get the stars you need to move on, and you just keep moving on. And then sometimes you just miss it. You don't get enough stars to move on. You're like, oh, just one more. Man, 30 minutes later, I'm playing this game. I'm going, what am I still doing awake? That They are so wired to get you on and keep you on the phone because that's how these apps make money. The more you play, the more likely you'll spend. And even if you're not spending, advertisers are paying the, the developers to put their image in front of your eyes. And you, you play for free, but you got to watch this 15-second video every other round. And somebody's getting paid for that. And the more you play, the more they get paid. And it's, it's really simple psychology to keep you involved. But it's also very addictive. So put the phone away. If it's homework time, be where you are. And you're not doing your homework if you're on your phone. You can talk to your friends later. In fact, if you're doing your homework and you've been grinding for 30, 40 minutes, which is a lot of, of focus time for the teenage brain, you should take a break. You should, you know, take a 10-minute walk, uh, walk around the house, get a snack, drink some water, and, and respond back to what you missed. But you got to put the phone back down so you can get back into uh, being at homework. So being where you are is an incredibly important idea, and it requires practice. When you are at practice, there will come a time that your thoughts drift off. The coach uh, is, is transitioning from one drill to another, and you're kind of standing there, and he's instructing a teammate about something that needs to happen on the other side of the field or court, or something's going on, and, and it's not involving you, and your brain just goes elsewhere. And it takes a little time to bring it back. Or you're running a race, and you just kind of throw your body and brain into cruise control, and you're not focused on what's going on around you. Next thing you know, you cross the finish line, you know, really slow compared to the effort you wanted or the time you were shooting for because you lost focus. You were distracted. You were not in the race. Your head wasn't in the race or on test day. So what can you do to be where you are? Again, it starts at practice. These distractions are going to pop up at practice. They are going to pop up while you're studying. It's incredibly common that after 10 minutes of doing math homework or reading, 
the assigned pages from your AP class that all of a sudden you're you're you have to read the same paragraph three or four times because you're just distracted. You you can't stay and pay attention. This is where you have to work a little harder. This is where you have to say, no, I, I'm going to work for another 10 minutes. I'm going to practice focusing on what I need to do. My break is coming. I'm going to take my break, but I have to do some work before I take a break. There are a lot of kids out there, a lot of students who who take a break after their break. They they come in, they sit down, they're not feeling it, they don't want to be doing it, they'd rather be doing a million things, and they'll take a break because they just, they're waiting for the right time. I'll tell you, tons of other coaches will tell you, adults will tell you because they've been kids before, rarely is there a best time to get done what you didn't want to do. There, there's rarely that magical time where you know, like, I can't wait to study math tonight. It's going to be great. That those those times don't happen a whole lot. Oh, uh, we're studying about cell division and biology. I'm really looking forward to reading this chapter. These are not things that normal normally get said by teenagers. So sometimes, just like you do the work at practice, you're going to have to do the work in the classroom or do the work at homework, and you're going to be distracted. You have to focus and pay attention to when these distractions happen. Be aware of it, but bring your attention back to where you are. It's not an easy skill. Everybody knows somebody who had limitless talent, was gifted academically or athletically, but couldn't stay stay on their game at practice, wasn't very helpful to the team on game day and and kind of just faded out because they couldn't be in the game or at practice or in the classroom mentally. They could not be where they were. This is a skill that needs to be practiced because if you don't practice it, you can't use it on performance day, whether it's a test or it's a game, or it's a race, if you if you don't practice it, then it's not going to be available to you. There's not going to be any magic that happens on game day or race day if you don't practice it. You know, when we start applying the pressure of a performance, race, game, test, you're only going to be able to perform to your ability level. You're only going to be able to do what you know how to do. And if you don't know how to stay focused through practice, you don't know how to get refocused because you understood that you lost your your focus and brought it back. And if you're not doing these things at practice, you're not doing these things while you're studying, it's not going to be available to you when it comes time for the assessment or the performance or the race or the game or the test. So practice being where you are. When you're at practice, be at practice. When you are with your friends, be with your friends. Don't be that friend that's on the phone with people that aren't there. Be with the people that are there. I, I see it, at school, I walk around and I, I see six kids all standing near each other and all of them are on their phones, not talking to each other. They're not being where they are. And, and that 
in the long run may not be good for them socially. That may not be developing good friendships and, and meaningful relationships. And we are very social animals. So that is a, a different concern. That's another podcast for another day. But socially, be where you are. Academically, when you're in biology class, be in biology class, physically and mentally. Don't, don't be a warm body taking up the seat. Focus on your biology. Focus on math when it's math class. And, and hopefully you have in your schedule a class that you can downshift a little bit of the brain power and, and catch a little bit of a breather. Uh, if not, then you know make sure you're staying healthy because that, that's going to catch up with you if you don't uh, focus on taking care of that. But when you're at school, be at school. When you're at practice, be at practice. When you're with your family, be with your family. When you're with your boyfriend or girlfriend, be with your boyfriend or girlfriend. Be where you are. I hope you found something useful today. Uh, I hope it came a little across a bit more as a uh, a training session of a you know opportunity to understand what being where you are means and how you can practice it a little more. It, it really comes with being aware of when you have become distracted and bringing your focus back to where it should be. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't supposed to come across as like a motivational speech, uh, more of a training session, and I hope it came across that way, and I hope that you'll take some of the things out of this. I do feel like there's enough material here to perhaps do a part two down the road a little bit, but uh, till then, if you'd like to get a hold of me, you can get me at uh, relaxandgocoach at gmail.com, relaxandgocoach at gmail.com. I still flirting with the idea of uh, Twitter and, and Instagram and other social platforms. There is a, a Facebook page, Relax and Go, that you can visit. But really, I just, up at this point, I'm just posting the links to the podcast. So uh, best way to get a hold of me is via email. If you uh, have any questions or suggestions, uh, I'm always looking for good feedback, positive and constructive. Don't need a whole lot of negative feedback. Uh, I got I got plenty of that. But uh positive or and or constructive feedback is appreciated. Please uh, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, this is not a money-making industry for me. This is an opportunity to do some coaching, even though I'm not coaching. If you uh, don't know my story, I was a cross-country and track coach for, for a few years, and I left it when uh, my second son was born because uh, I could not maintain realistically the title of coach and dad, and I chose the title of dad. So this gives me an outlet to uh, you know, keep coaching in a sense and share some of the things that I think are valuable and things that I would tell my athletes if I was still coaching, but this gives me an opportunity to uh, share it with others that might... Uh, have some uh, use for it. So leave a comment in the comment section if you like, or uh, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll know when the next one posts. And till we meet again, just relax and go.